Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Podpunk Podcast. This week I'm just proper excited because um, my guest is the guitarist of one of the UK's best and longest running punk bands, Steve from Vanilla Pod. Um, we talk about the history of Vanilla Pod, how the band formed, tour stories, how you even keep a band going for 25 years, um, life after being a band, um, so much more. Uh, Vanilla Pod, they were one of the first bands I got into uh, when I became, be, I sort of became aware of the underground UK punk scene. So I've saw them tons of times, uh, and even had the pleasure of sharing a few bills with them when I was in a band. So um, I absolutely love this band, and it was a, a real blast uh, to interview Steve. Before we get to Steve, we're going to listen to uh, a song by Vanilla Pod. It's surrounded by idiots. Um, you can find the band's music. All over Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music, all the usual places. You can buy their albums, though. Um, buy them from uh, vanillapod1.bandcamp.com and their final EP, Goodbye My Love. It's available on um, Horn and Hoof Records, um, so my mate Scott's uh, record label. So if you fancy picking up one of the tracks after hearing this, I recommend going there, try, try and grab that album, or go to the Vanilla Pod Bandcamp, do it there. Um, enjoy the interview, and I'll catch up with you afterwards. Bye.
How's lockdown treating you? I don't know, I'm, I'm still working, just. Yeah? Yeah, we're sort of uh, three quarters of the company's sort of not working at the minute, and I'm still running things and right. uh, doing what I can, you know. What's, what's the company? We're electrical contractors. All right, okay. So you, you're kind yeah, of stuff, keeping stuff going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we sort of just doing breakdowns and stuff like that, you know. Uh, All right. Just, just serving what we can. Oh, cool, man. But yeah, yeah. so it's not, not really much of a lockdown for me, except for I can't go out in the evenings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the lockdown <laughs> bit. <a> good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on the health kick now, are you? No, yeah, but... no not really, as you can see. There's... No, no, I know. <laughs> But um, yeah, and you, what you, what you've been up to? I work from home at the moment, so I work for a law firm. So I'm just basically doing like tasks and stuff from home, really. So downstairs yeah. in an office, I do four days a week. Um, they couldn't furlough me, so they've uh, put me on like eighty percent contract, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's all good. It's all yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Keep up the streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the point <laughs> which is kind of important as well <laughs> yeah cool so um yeah so how are things um post uh post vanilla pod now because obviously you've been broken up for a little while now yeah um how's how's the adjustment to real life going uh it's been it's been quite good to be fair um you know we had a really really busy last 12 months final 12 months leading up to when we stopped yeah. Um, so that was quite hectic, and then everything just ground to a halt, and I was ready to stop then as well. Right. Um, so uh, and yeah, it's been uh, been 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 nice, been nice to have free time with the family. Um, yeah. Not use up all my all my annual leave to go and play shit gigs around <laughs> the country, and uh, and just hang out with my family and do stuff like that. Been going to lots of gigs as well, seeing lots of bands, which has been really nice. Because you know when you when you're gigging all the time, you don't, you sort of lose the thing about going to see bands quite so much because you yeah. know, just want to be at home and stuff. So instead, I've been going to see bands, which has been very nice. You know, nice to get yeah. out, go and see. You know, I've been to Norwich, well, well, all over really, just uh, London a few times, see different bands. Been who have really you been, been going to go see? Uh, I went to see. Uh, well, the best band I saw was Amel in the Sniffers just before Christmas. All right. Uh, at the underworld and they were just fantastic man just, I've, I've been so into them for well about the last 12 months before leading up to the gig and uh yeah just blew me away they were they were fantastic and a band called the press club um again yeah. another aussie band they, they they did a little tour and saw them twice last year um yeah and they were great you know both times pretty really good bands uh, just local gigs as well been putting on gigs which has been nice that's cool. Yeah, locally been sort of me and Rob, the singer from Vanilla Pod. We've been sort of we got this little collective thing which we call Poets on Payday, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, we've been putting on gigs, which has been nice. Last gig we did was Janice Stark and One Car Pileup, um, which was really good. Been been going really good. It's been building a nice little thing going here in in Kingsley, Norfolk, which is yeah. Um, you, you know, because the only time we'd put gigs on before was when we, we were playing, or somebody would ask us for a favour or whatever to put them on, but never doing it properly as such. It's, yeah, it's been been ducking punches. We put them on. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, which went, went that went well. Um, who else? God, I can't remember. But yeah, we've done about six gigs. 
Holding patterns, Darwin. Now holding patterns. No, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Wonk unit as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool, man. That's cool. He's still staying involved in it, even though yes, yeah, just skirting around it when I when I can, you know, when yeah. I can be covered. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, Vanilla Pod, let's talk a little bit about um the long, long career of that band. So, yeah. when wh- when did you form? Was it '94? Ninety five. Ninety five. Early ninety five, but February ninety five, yeah. Yeah. And um, how did that get together? What how because obviously I know you've gone through some lineup changes, but let's just stick with initial thing yeah. and it was sort of I was um I knew Gary because Gary was an old was in my previous band, the drummer. Yeah. And um so uh, I was in a band with him. Um and, and so when we broke up we thought we would stick together and stuff like that because he was a you know good drummer so yeah knew, knew, knew the bass player from other bands locally as well steve steve campion and then we initially had a different singer a guy called paul who sang for the first two or three months mm-hmm. uh, but we he was never a permanent fixture it was always temporary with him because he was going to go away to university and stuff in college so then we found rob who was yeah. a young 15 year old flouting young man and um <laughs> Yeah, and uh, sort of he he, uh, he knew Gary because Gary was at sixth form, at, uh, and he went he was in his final in year eleven at school. Right, right. Again, so he used to pester Gary at school to come and sing for the band, and right. uh, so yeah, we gave him a spin, and uh, yeah, yeah, he could sing. So we thought, right, let's give him. Really worried about it initially because you, you know we was I was in my mid twenties, like twenty five, and. Yeah. The, like Gary was obviously 18 and um, the, the bass player same age as me so he was like oh god 15 years 10 years younger than us and it's like that's gonna be really dodgy take them into pubs and bars and stuff and play gig <laughs> but he soon got in the swing of it and <laughs> absolutely he seems to get used to it very quick I guess oh yeah he soon soon got used to that sort of lifestyle without doubt and carries on to this very day <laughs> <laughs> so um from there obviously you start you release trigger which was your first album yep. in 97 i believe yeah we started off uh, we did like a demo um uh and we sort of sent that away to different people mm-hmm. um then we did a, a, a seven inch through a label in norwich called Noisebox. Mm-hmm. that was a, a, a rebounds called rebound seven inch um which we then sent that out to different people. Goobers had just got signed to a label called Them's Good, Goober Patrol. Yeah. So we just sent it to them because there was Goober Patrol. They were our mates as well. Uh, so we sent it sent it to them and they thought that was they liked the single and thought they could do something with it. And so they, sort of what we've already demoed and recorded, they put that together and we went in the studio and recorded some more stuff and re-edited what we had already. Yeah, um, yeah, made, made sort of put everything together and made trigger. Um, so yeah, that was the first. That was was it been, yeah, ninety six, ninety seven, I guess ninety six. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, yeah. And from then, um, was that when you started to really start pushing the band as in like yeah, touring well, all the time and constantly being around? Because I I remember my early gigdom, which would have been a little bit further on in this, probably more towards your second album, like ninety nine, two thousand. That's when I started yeah. going to gigs and stuff. And you seem to be uh, in town up in Manchester here, like almost every... Yeah, always playing at the, uh, the Star and Garter every yeah. year. Yeah, literally three times, or three, three times every sort of three yeah. months or something. Yeah. 
so was that when that sort of cycle began to kick in? That you guys decided that was what yeah, you were doing? Yeah, I mean, we, more... our intention was always to get ourselves out. We didn't want to just be a local band and play locally. And, you know, we always wanted to just get ourselves out and whatever come with that was was brilliant. And so we just sent us sent stuff out back in the days when you used to send demo tapes out and write letters and all that sort of thing. We used to send, every, send it out to everywhere. And then you you found that there was this nice little punk rock collective, people, you know, collect of people who put gigs on and stuff and in different cities. And so if you was in punk rock, then that was your hookup. You know, you'd yeah. write to them and then they'd put you on. Uh, and uh, yeah, so and once you had like you, it was very rare to be a UK punk brand and have a label and a proper sign because we signed contracts and we got an advance and everything like that off them is good. And that, you know, that's unheard of these days, you know. Yeah, of course. And not that they give us any money, but, you know, out of the whole scenario. But, it, you know, it's just have that proper digital item, which is on record, on in record stores. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's quite unheard of. So um, it that that was that was yeah a big stepping stone also people got to know who we were through that and then the gigs followed through with that as well people wanted to put us on um it was really hard at the beginning yeah um, you know western people all the time and stuff it was um, yeah the self-promotion thing back then was a lot ha- harder than it is now like when i was in bands it was that we like my space had just become a thing really yeah yeah and, but even then i think people didn't use the tool like you can sort of now but then how things were back like sending things to demo demos and stuff to pr- promoters and to uh zines and you know yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, everything was a, like you know you'd write to them and that'd take like so many days to get to and then you'd wait yeah. wait a week for them to respond to you if they even did you, you know so it was much more nothing like nowadays everything is instant uh, yeah. and uh you know you 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 send a, a message or whatever then you expect an answer back within two hours or you know checking your phone or whatever it seems but then it was just send it off and then when you heard some about it, it's like, oh god you know this is this is really cool so yeah uh, that, that was just how, how it all hooked up in the first place and then like you said then we because it's actually originally a three album deal with them's good um so then we recorded the second album fast disco with them that mm-hmm. came out in 99 um which again took us to the a next step, really, I suppose. And then gigs yeah. followed on for that, you know. Was which what part did you notice when you started getting to go to places? Because like obviously you've not just been in the UK, you've gone pretty much over the world with the band, haven't you? Yeah, the only place we haven't really done is America. We've never been to America, uh, right? Um, but I don't think we've. Ne- so I never really pushed for it, to be honest with you. It never really. Right. It never really bothered me, <laughs> you know. We, we, like we got we got offered to go to Australia in 2000, and that was nice. And played Hong Kong uh, with that as well on the way over and stuff, which is like immense. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, all that experience was very cool, uh, and it was simply because yeah, we had that that stepping stone of two albums, mm-hmm. um, a bit of you know fanzine exposure as well, you know, like which that was how you get your your exposure was through fanzines and stuff like that and yeah. people writing about you and telling their friends who would tell their friends and stuff like that so yeah yeah it was um it was good yeah then that yeah, they said the fast disco really sort of propelled, propelled us to the next level because it was a right. proper recorded album as well so was Every, that more was that one 
Was that one in like um, by by more of a proper album? What what do you mean by that? So sort of like oh, it was all it, you yeah, it's all written and recorded at the same session. We'd sort of found a groove as well. Yeah. At that time, I think, you know, it takes a band a little while to get their groove and where they want to be with the band and stuff to, you know, things change and you change hey, what you want to do and where you want to go with the band and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, it, um, we, we, we all went and recorded that as one whole album at a studio in Corby. Um, which and he got a great sound and that, that production made a big difference as well having that thump and kick drum and stuff like that and yeah you know, particularly for sort of skate punk what we was playing at the time as well it, the, it, it made a big difference and yeah we, we was lucky enough that we had so we had the underground fanzine world like us and also a little bit of commercial success as well with it which sort of went along with it as well I suppose do you think the the sort of uh, progression in terms of like the production value and that were that lessons that you learn like for, for, are there lessons you learn from mistakes you made on the first album oh, definitely, or definitely yeah 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 and and the the the, the engineer as well Ian who uh, engineered he he was developing his trade as well you, you know mm-hmm. and, and getting better at it and then once we did fast disco then other UK bands started to use that studio as well you know like Imbalanced right. used it and a lot of a lot of UK bands at the time went to um the, uh, the studio in Corby um, awesome. yeah which because you know we was us and Gooby Troll we were the first two bands to use it, punk bands to use it really okay um, so this uh, is the, the so next albums was uh third time lucky this is the first time I uh became aware of you properly yeah um because first time i um got to like i, I went to see cap down play at uh manchester academy too you were supporting and i think twofold with the other band on that tour oh, yeah yeah that i think was it was that was a flipping i can't i can't swear this is this isn't live is it it's not live that was fucking amazing that tour was that was like uh just yeah, one of the best that parts of I've ever been in with being a band was that whole tour. Right. Was, yeah, capped down the cells, twofold, and we had an Austrian band uh, for half of that tour as well called the Anti Maniacs as well. That was them. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Now, I've I've seen them a couple of times in Manchester as well, and I was sort of gutted because I think they them and um, not nothing against twofold, but I think them and twofold swapped around, didn't they? They did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they yeah. and. I was up for seeing Anti Maniacs. Yeah, and they were on the Manchester one. Yeah, but yeah. Two four was still absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. That was a good gig that as well at the Manchester Academy. It was, well, it just kicked off big time. Oh, yeah. uh, still remember it. And funnily enough, there's still some footage of them. There's some um, our, our sort of roadie guy Moona. Mm-hmm. He did film some footage from that Manchester Academy gig, and there's some of you footage of that gig up on uh, YouTube. Uh, Really? I'll have to look yeah, for that. Yeah, have a look, man. It's like four songs, I think. For four, yeah, four songs, a bit of backstage footage and stuff like that. It's like, we look, you look at it, it's like, oh my God, it looks so young. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 that, that, that was a really good tour. For, yeah. for, for all of the bands on that, for us, um, Camp Down, that just propelled them to the next level as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it was all, you know, two UK bands and then three with twofold and then uh, and it managed to, you know, no American bands, no, didn't, you know, we didn't need it. So. No, that was the thing I think that about about that period of time, which I think a lot of people unfortunately don't get to know now, is that 
the, the, the community and the unity that was yeah. all, the, all the bands in the UK, you were all helping each other out and all Absolutely. building on each other. And I think that's unfortunately not exactly the same anymore. Uh, there is there is certain things, but it's again I suppose it's different. You, you, you know, there's much more of it now. There's many more bands uh, as well, yeah. and you know, I, I suppose because there wasn't so many of us, then we all stuck together. I suppose <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, we did. Yeah, and everybody got on really well, and there was no real egos or anything like that. Obviously, there's one or two, but. Um, you know, but uh, the, the, yeah, everybody did get on very well, and we all stuck together and had a, had a blast, really. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. It was good times. Good times. Amazing. So, so, so what, around that time, then, so as you're saying, things were getting better for everyone. Is that was is that when you guys started noticing more of a uh, more of a fan base for you again, or was it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was. Um, See, so we we'd made a mind up before that tour that we were going to quit our jobs and do it full time mm-hmm. as well um so when we did when we did did that tour we that just sealed the deal that that was what we was going to do um right. so yeah and, uh, i think we all give our notices in and um not long after that and then we went and recorded surrounded by idiots and then we uh, all went and quit our jobs and did the band um yeah which we, you know, we could do because we were so busy and we had had a lot going on. Um, you know, at that point we had a booking agent and things like that. So it was, um, it, you know, it was that helped and that kept was, us busy. That was the whole systems go moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that point. It was like, yeah, we can do this. Uh, and so that's what we did. Yeah, and we called us around by edits and yeah. just, uh, yeah, just went on. Lived a life of Riley for, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so it was when was um, surrounded by idiots the first time you guys did a music video. Um, no, we did, we did one for Dead End Town, yeah, because that came that was a, a, a back in the day when you had a proper single release. Oh, yeah. So after third time lucky, Dead End Town was the single release. Right. Um, which so we did a video for that. Um, and yeah, and then then we just did a little thing, put something together, which is, I think Tom put it all together. He was the bass player, Tom Tom Goober Patrol. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we that's then he did that video. I think I think they're the only two proper videos we've ever done. Right, just like <laughs> surrounded by videos. Sorry, surrounded by videos. <laughs> surrounded by idiots was the first uh, video that I saw on uh, Drum of P Rock. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys are on that on circulation. I think. Well, you really. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 did, I never, I never had that. So I, right. I, I didn't have Sky, Sky Telly. Right. Okay. <laughs> so P Rock was would be my. That was my channel for like me, me and my mates all used to watch that and used to it was um basically text in who you want to see. Right. And then they it's kind of like a video jukebox. I think it's a scam anyway. Now thinking back on it, I think they basically just had a guy pressing play on stuff and then. Well, I mean, the Idiots was written about P Rock. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because you've actually jumped one of my questions. I wanted to ask what it was about specifically, because I always thought it was about the music industry and record labels. Yeah, that sort of that. thing. Of, uh, basically, record labels paying things, people like Pete Rock, to get their videos on repeat all the time. That that is that is the whole, and that's where the inspiration Amazing. came from. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so, surrounded by idiots um again another 
um, that was a successful album for you guys. Uh, you ended up touring a lot. Is that around about the time you started seeing uh, your supports with bands like Less Than Jake and? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Between that, 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 and Third Time Lucky, them two things sort of rolled hand in hand. And yeah, the, we got offered better, better support slots, I suppose. Mm. I and mean, we've always been lucky with the support slots. I mean, I, I was looking back at gigs. What we played in London, you know, we played Bouts and Souls back when they did the um, um, their the uh, Bouts and Souls tour. Yeah. Um, um, so I mean, that must have been. 1998, I guess, uh, and the first time we played with them is a garage in London, you know. So we've always been quite, but I think that's because I've always been persistent. Um, yeah. Back back in them days, like if I rang up the promoter putting on the gigs, if he said bring me back in a week, I rang him back in a week. Didn't ring him back before, I didn't hassle him, but if he said bring me back in a week, and then, then I did, and you know, always always good to my word, and I rung back and kept kept them in that my the band in their mind i suppose and right yeah so we did always we all i mean support them and you know every, well, i think we're supporting nearly everybody over the years except for right. you know, the big big ones but yeah all right so yeah. who have been some of your favorite bands that you've uh, done tours with obviously we've mentioned cap down and west shape like and bands yeah. tours, but who have been some of the sound we went on tour of emu 330 um we did a European, UK and European tour with them, and right. that was just a blast. Just so, so much, again, so much fun. Um, it was always fun playing with Goober Patrol, um, obviously, Consumed. Yeah. Um, we did many tours with them, and One Car Pilot, uh, and, you know, um, Nerf Herder, that was fun. All right. Yeah, tour with them. Uh, the Dickies was fun. Um, so, uh, to be fair, every band whoever we've ever toured with, We've always had a laugh with. I remember the first time we went Nerf Herder was at uh, we played Derby Vic with them. Okay. Uh, and that was the first time we turned up. I hadn't seen them before, and walked in the walked in the Vic. They stood all sat around a table. We just kind of sat sails down. We said hi, we're Vanilla Pod. We said uh, you're coming out with us tonight, and we took them out the first night, and we took them to some shitty nightclub in Derby. Oh. And uh, yeah, and then we just got on like a house of fire. Sort of broke broke the ice and. Yeah, had had fun with them. I think we talked them twice, I think. So yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, it's always yeah. That's awesome, man. So um, between so next was um, I was called poets on play day or payday, sorry. Yeah. And there's a little bit of time in between there. Was there any reason why? Because everything else seems to be in two, three year increments, but that one was. Yeah, I, I became a dad. Okay. So that was um, probably the reason we took a foot off the pedal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we sort of recorded that was, I think, about a four-year gap, I think, something like that. Something four, like that. Yeah, four, five years. Four, five years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've become a dad and just took my foot off the pedal, didn't really want to do so much. Um, I just found, like, when I was away, because, I, I, again, like, after my first son was born, I went on tour probably six months, four, five months after he was born. Right. And I got back. It's like it changed so much in that time. Yeah. So I don't really want to do this again. Right. So I, that was my, I made the decision that oh, I was going to sort of slow it down back then. And everybody was quite happy with that as well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of fun on the road, I think. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, because kids develop a lot, don't they? They become different people, like within. Oh, totally, weeks, man. Don't it, they? No, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a conscious thing to to slow down, um, um, and we we never really picked up the speed from then. We we just we constantly kept playing gigs, but we didn't push as hard anymore because right. uh, you know life got in the way sort of thing yeah yeah like, and not not saying that's a bad thing just yeah for the right priorities reasons. changed yeah for the right reasons yeah. and be fair if we kept on playing as a band full-time i don't think we'd all still be alive <laughs> and i'm not joking <laughs> uh, i remember um meeting uh your vocalist for the first time at the captain gig yeah and uh i don't think i've ever seen someone that hammered but that functional yeah, it was yeah. it was impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds a bit right. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. cool, man. So then yeah. your last, your final album, um, "Seeing on the Sunrise," that was a uh, 2015 release, I believe. Yeah. I think it's the last album you did before the EP that you released recently. Yeah. Um. So, like, influence influence wise and stuff, you guys have obviously um, changed a lot over your time from your first album, Trigger, all the way up to this how have you um like formulated how you write songs from the beginning to now has it has that did that process change over those over that 20 odd years um yeah, yeah, drastically probably, or? it probably did i mean like when we first were together and for the first probably 10 years of our, our existence we would rehearse we would practice all the time mm. uh, we had our own rehearsal room we you know we rented a space and we used it ourselves so we would always write together. Um, so I, I suppose as time went on, we, we, we didn't write together so much because we didn't get together as, as regularly. Yeah. Uh, and so it became more individual. People would have this bit or that bit. And then when we did get together, we would then we'd work on it. Yeah. Um, whereas before it would just be a, a, a growing growing beast really all the time we'd always be writing stuff and so we, we, then it became that we if we wanted to release something we specifically write for that and then when we got together then we'd practice it all and get it put put it all together as a package really um so yeah it was yeah that was the difference really um and that's probably why again it took longer to release stuff because we didn't get together so regularly you know oh that makes sense yeah so um how did you guys adapt to uh the digital age then did you guys manage to tweak the tweak the gap because a lot of beat bands obviously from back in the day they don't you don't get cd sales like you used to and things like that how has digital sort of changed did how did that change the landscape for you guys what do you mean, downloads and stuff like that? Yeah, because obviously it's a different kettle of fish to people buying. Yeah, people, it's you time, that with, what you get paid for downloads is pittance anyway, you, you know, unless you're selling millions and millions and millions. So yeah. I'd say in that aspect, it, 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 we, we, we would make our money on sales would be through vinyl um, right. and, and physical sales, you know. Um, vinyl became much more popular and that, that we could sell that much easier than what we could cds you, yeah. you know um still kept a few cds um and they always people still always want them yeah. but it, you know did you i mean you've got Bandcamp, and you get for a download off Bandcamp, it's just pe penance you know yeah. and then just it, 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 it's it, 
which is fine, you know. It's, it, that's 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 how it is, and that's that's cool, you know. I I, I myself, if, like when you when you buy a vinyl, you buy a vinyl and you get a digital download with it, and I think oh, yeah. that's perfect format to buy your music, really. Yeah, I like that. I still got a record player and stuff, and that's how I listen to my music. I still buy CDs. Yeah, I yeah. still do it, and yeah. you know, I just think it's a better medium. I just don't understand. I I just, I just kind of miss it, like how it used to be. Like I used to love going to a gig, meeting a band, and then buying the CD off them off yeah. the store. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, was a- you know, you, when you when you download and stuff, you don't get that personal touch, do you? No. And it, and people still do. Or you know, even at the very end, people still bought stuff at gigs. Like uh, t- they'd still buy CDs, but vinyls just seem seem to sell much much better at gigs right. um, and online as well as, right. as, as a format yeah um which was good because we put our, most of our money in the end so it's, it's good we haven't got a shitload of records left there so <laughs> underneath my bed or whatever but yeah they're, they're all gone which is good <laughs> so uh goodbye my love was your last release uh the that you put out before the big tour that you did um, yep. at the end of last year. Um, what what was the inspiration behind that? Was it literally just a goodbye and a thank you to everyone who's yeah, we, been we, around? Or we had some songs. Had these them four four five songs five I think it's five wasn't it? four songs mm-hmm. um, kicking around, um, which we kind of recorded um, half of it like a year previous. We did the drums. Um, already a, a year previous, a previous recorded session, because we recorded um, a track for uh, a Broccoli tribute album. Oh, that. that band Broccoli, but it's a Japanese release. Right. Um, so we recorded the, this, and so we had these songs. And so while we was there, we had a day session in the studio. So we just got Toei just to get the drums done on these four tracks. Yeah. Um, so we had them there, and then. At that time, we didn't think we was going to be breaking up, or you know, kind of probably had it wearing around in the back of my head. But right. we we didn't really, it wasn't really planned or anything. Um, so then I we made a conscious decision, and on New Year's Day I announced it. I think just so they were splitting up this year, okay. um, and then we decided to get these four tracks finally finished, and we just sort of went in the studio, got them done. Took longer than what it should have done because. People didn't turn up to the recording sessions and stuff like that. Uh, I'll leave you to your imagination. Who you think who that, who that might be? The one who could function probably most drunk. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we uh, we finally got it done and from push to shove and got it finished and out. And it looks really good. Yeah, it's really something to be very proud of because I was really pleased with how it all turned out. Sound great. Absolutely. The effect of it was perfect with what we wanted. We got a, a friend of ours in Cambridge to paint the design for us um, and put it all together. And yeah, it it, it turned out really well. Um, yeah, and it's basically a nice waves. There you go. Never going to play these songs ever. Um, <laughs> when we never did, we never played any of the tracks like uh, at all. And said, you know, there you go. If you like it, thank you very much. Yeah, cool. So, uh, what what is it that made you guys decide to put a pin in the band um i, th- I was just tired of it uh, yeah. i think i think it, it was a good time to we got we got the, um i'd always want want to go and tour japan i've never toured japan before uh, and so then we got the offer to go so for me 
that was it really. I'd pretty much done as much as what I wanted to do. Um, and once we, we knew we was going to get that and we, that, that was happening. And then, so that was as good a reason. And um, I didn't want to be at the point where we're playing, going here and there and just playing for the wrong reasons. And right. while it's still fun and I'm still enjoying it and I'm still enjoying everybody's company, then it was, it was just, it seemed the right place. I suppose it might be nice to got to 25 years, but I didn't want to, you know, I look back, I think, yeah, it's, I, 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 for me, it, not everybody, I'm only talking for myself here, you know, if yeah. you speak to the other guys, um, then, then they'll probably tell you a different story. But for me, it was definitely the right time to, to, to call, you know, draw a line under it, really. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair. So, um, Japan being a bucket list place, what was touring there like for you, and what? How did you? How did you find uh, like the, the fact the the audience is there? Because I'm a I'm a pro wrestling fan. All oh, right. Listening to American audiences and Japanese audiences, just watching that is uh, incredibly different. Because obviously you got the, the the braggadocious Americans just going mental for everything. And the Japanese, they just applaud, applaud politely when something happens, but the rest of the time it's dead silent. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's totally, uh, music-wise, it's totally different. I think that right. uh, the Japanese are very appreciative. Whenever you go, like, we're, um, you know, they, they was always interested in what you were doing. And, you know, we, we would, we turned up to gigs and there, there would be, uh, you know, somebody would bring you and they'd have every single release that you have ever done and that you sign, can you sign, yeah, yeah sign everything. And wow. and they'd have a picture frame and you'd have to sign the picture. Frame. It was like, you, you know, these people have been waiting 23 years, I suppose, to yeah. some of them, you know, just to, well, probably not that long, 20 years, um, you know, just yeah. from, to, to see us, I, I guess, because we've never been. And some, some people, you know, it, it was, it, it and, and everybody was so friendly, man, and so nice, and you know, so appreciative that we went and we we you know we got there finally, um, yeah, and you know, and that was all thanks to R and R tours who helped us get there, um, really, because um, you, you know I tried my hardest over the years. We nearly went twice before, I think, and they got cancelled and all sorts right. of things. And, because when Surround by Idiots came out, that was released on a Japanese label as well. Okay. Uh, sold really, really well and did did very well out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we never went. We, you know, and it, yeah. so it was really nice to finally go and do it. That was always on my bucket list. Always want to do it from being eighteen in a in a heavy metal band, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, going to play Japan. Um, so yeah, that was uh, it. Was really, really, really nice to finally go and do it. Uh, you say you said it like it's completely obvious when you said it like some of them will have been waiting years. And I think for me, like because I I have access being living in Britain to like you know every band comes here all the time. Yeah. Whereas obviously Japan, they don't get the same level of of you know tours and all that sort of stuff coming through. So that must have been like as special for them as it was for you guys. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, so it was, yeah, very, really, really nice. And like I said, like you, the people, you, you have pictures and photos with with people, and it's kind of stuff that you, you don't really get that sort of thing here either. You, you, you know, not that you really expect or want anything like that. You, you know, but it's just, it's, it just opens your mind up, and you, you think, oh my god, you know, it's a totally different sort of level of. Mm-hmm. Um, people wanted to see you and being appreciative of you and yeah it was it was it was awesome it was so so nice 
Um, and yeah, I, I like the, the culture, everything. It was, is, I sort of fell in love with the place, really, as I expected I would do. You know, yeah. I went off. I left them all. We stayed in a flat. And on the last day, I left them all in their slumber, cause hanging from the night before. And I thought, no, I'm not going to stay in here doing nothing for the day. You know, it's my final day in Japan. I just went and went off on my own and left everybody behind and just, you know, strolled around Tokyo uh, awesome. on my own. And it was amazing. You know, just I was in my element. Yeah, it, it was great. Yeah. yeah. So, what what are your fondest um, top three fondest memories from tours in general over the whole spectrum? Can you name like three three things or three moments that you really like really made this whole twenty odd year journey? I think. Oh God. Um, so many, man. Uh, you, you know, you, I mean, you you was talking about like that cap down tour. What we did was one of my favourite memories, without doubt. Um, and like I said, that Manchester Academy gig, I could remember that now and how yeah. good that was. And that was a you know such a rocking rocking show. Um, when we used to play the Out of Spite gigs in Leeds, um, right. they were they were great gigs. The first time we went to Europe with Tom, when we went to Europe with MU three thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just the gig we played in Hong Kong, you know, you know, spent three days in Hong Kong and played that, played a gig, just, just one gig, um, <laughs> you, you know, um, yeah, uh, God, you, you, there's just so many, you, I couldn't really pin it down to just three, 300 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome it, that you've got yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 and, you know, it, for, for all what we've done and our faults, like like me and Rob and Leon and Matt and everybody who's been in the band, we've always been friends and it's always yeah. been just nice hanging out with each other. I've, you know, always enjoyed every. No, I haven't always enjoyed every company. Most of the time, I've enjoyed everybody's company. Um, so and, and you know, even when we've had our worst arguments, we've always got over ourselves and got you yeah. know realised. And I, and I think that's always been, I, I think it's probably why we've lasted so long as well as we've always foremostly been mates. Yeah. And we still are, you know, and we still see each other. And when we do, it's still, you know, it's like we haven't stopped doing it really. Awesome. Um, so yeah. It, it, and, and I, you know, I, I miss, I miss the guys as well. So yeah. it, it, it is, um, it's always been the most important thing is friend, the being friends and the friendships rather than, you know, who asked that. Well, we've always, or whenever we've drafted somebody new in, it's always been a friend or a mate or, you know, somebody who we've known. It's never been a stranger. Yes. Yeah. Like you've got to be in the fold. <laughs> I guess that's an integral part of what you guys look for as a member more than anything else, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, anybody can play it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like if you can, it's yeah, it's always foremostly being a friend and somebody who you like and you get on with. Yeah, without So for you uh, as an individual, just to, let's go back, rewind the clock to when you were youngin, and what is it that made you uh, pick up a guitar, and what influenced you to start a band? I can answer that easy. Go on. Then. Um, Angus Young has made me want to play a guitar. It's simple, okay. simple as fact, and that's why I play a Gibson SG, uh, just because of Angus. Um, right. 
my he was my my second gig I ever went to was ACDC in 1986. Ooh, nice. Um, so yeah, uh, and from that moment I, I always wanted to play a guitar and be in a rock and roll band. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, and what made me want to be in a band was just listening to the music, what I was into. I, I, I was 14, you know, I sit up in my bedroom, put my headphones on and listen to, you know, Slayer or Metallica or, right. you know, I was into metal initially in the, in the early eighties and, yep. uh, and then found punk rock probably, I didn't find punk rock until probably, uh, not the nineties, I suppose, early nineties. What bands did you discover at that point? It was, uh, that I mean, besides the the obvious, which was you know in the in the late eighties would have been the Exploited and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the UK Subs. Um, but what really got me into the punk, what we play, was, was Bad Religion. That was the first, you know, yeah. that was the first thing, um, first band that was like, like, oh, this is this is this is this is good, you know, it yeah. made me prick my ears up. Uh, um, yeah, without doubt, they were the the instigators of of we and 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 then you know then you look at like I I, I love the Ruts, I still do love the Ruts, um, uh, and then obviously the, the Clash and stuff like that, which yeah. you you know you, you saw you knew them bands were there, and then you when you get into other bands and you discover other things and yeah yeah um, I, I think that was one of the things for me as a friend of mine gave me a. Uh, I was oh, when I was in college. I started listening to Blink, yeah. And then a friend of mine went, "You don't want any of that soft stuff. You want to <laughs> listen to this." And he gave me. Um, it was actually a Captain Everything. Um, uh, oh right. Okay. And he was like, yeah. "This is this will be your uh, your sort of introduction." And I was like, "Why?" And it's because it it's pop punk stuff, but it's at a hundred mile an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the great thing from that was then in sleeves, and I think you guys did this as well. You used to thank other bands. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was right, like, yeah. "Oh, there's that band, right? Who are they? Let's go find them, right? Okay, I yeah. like that." Then I found record labels, and then I like Big Cheese and uh, Household Name and all those guys, yeah. and then that then extended my vocabulary on it. Yeah. It was kind of like that awakening thing. And I love, I love hearing the story of how people did that with, you know, especially guys in bands like yourself. How yeah. that, how that material. Yeah, it, it, it does. You know, like I, like so, I was, I'm not one of the people who was. I, I went and watched Minor Threat. You know, or you know, any any of that. I, I, when they came out, I didn't know who the fuck they were. You know, you, yeah. you know. Um, but it was definitely like when when you like bad religion. When probably got got into them about the, in the early nineties, and then moved moved from there. And, yeah. you know, definitely Green Day had an yeah. influence. You know, when when Dookie came out, it was like it was the album, wasn't it? Oh, you know, you, you, it was there, and then then you realise that oh, that oh, this can be main, you know, you know popular uh, and, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I mean, they they had a massive input on what bands are doing now, um, and without doubt, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. What was it that what what kind of bands was it that uh, influenced Vanilla Pods to start then? Was it was it Bad Religion and that sort of thing, or did you oh, have any yeah, other? Yeah, it's definitely for me. For me and Steve in particular, um, would and Rob as well. It like we we were, was into uh, in the early days, even the Offspring, Smash, yeah, um, uh, Pennywise, 
um, bad religion, like I said, um, rancid. I mean, I remember going around Steve's and I said, what's this? And he, he, he played me, he was playing me, um, oh, let's go, we're rancid. And it's like, oh, right, okay, this is this is new, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's not been out very long. And he was playing, playing that and it's like, okay. And, it, you know, you pick up stuff with your mates and then it was a little group, other group around the area and they would be, and then they would be buying the fat regs stuff. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, like, for, for, but for me as well, the Ruts are definitely one of my influences on how I play the guitar as well. Okay. Um, without doubt. Um, and if you listen to how he plays the guitar, like with all bands, so many, there's so many other bands that he, he must have influenced over the years. Um, just an amazing guitar player. I went, I went to see them last year and do, they did the, uh, uh, the crack and it was brilliant. Still brilliant, you know. Amazing. Yeah, still brilliant. Cool, man. So uh, we're going to wind it down a little bit now. Um, just ask a few, one or two more questions and then we'll, yeah. I'll let you get back to enjoying, <laughs> enjoying isolated life. Um, so you're still doing... Um, you're still doing the uh, putting on the gigs and all that sort of stuff. Is that something you're going to continue doing after the lockdown, or? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll, we'll, we'll still still keep doing stuff um, okay. if, if we want to, and doing booking bands who we want to. I think it's always important to book bands that you want to look book and you like and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll still keep doing stuff because you know it's it's only a small town, man, and it's like so if we don't do it, then nobody else will, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, so I mean, you've got um, Danny Fantas idea here, but like, like he's always busy away playing with his band, and so he never does any gigs and and, and things. So very rarely. So yeah, you, you know, and it's you know it's it's building up nicely. It's a nice little movement. You you know we get like 70, 70 heads in the door. You know that's quite good. Small town. Good gig, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it it does work out quite nice, and I, I enjoy it. Gets us, gets us out of the house. My oldest boy, he plays in a band. I was going to so, ask about that, actually. Is he taking up on the... Yeah, he plays drums. Awesome. And, well, I'll try to talk him out of it, but <laughs> he, he persisted on playing the drums and stuff. So, uh, yeah, he, he's... Cool. You know, he, but he loves it. He's so into his music. He, he's... Yeah, um, yeah he's, he's 16 next month. Is wow. he in a band? Yeah. Yeah, put put him on with um, one car pilot and Janice Stark. Uh, his his uh, his band last uh, when was that? Well, before way before all this happened, but before the before the, whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the but, band yeah, called? So, yeah. uh, they they were called Post Pending. Okay. Uh, yeah, just all sixteen year olds and just love you know they're good they're all right uh, awesome. yeah finding his feet I'm sure he'll. He'll find stuff when he gets away and goes to college and stuff like that. That's when you really start yeah. doing his stuff. But he wants it all now. <laughs> it's all now. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah. Um, one last question then before I let you go. Um, so say someone has never heard of Vanilla Pod before. They find out you're in a band. Name uh, what you think is the... Um, the, the, not the pivotal, but like name some songs that you think describes Vanilla Pod the best. So the, the songs that you would say, this is what my band is. What, it's as not, in our own songs? Yeah, as in your own songs. Okay. Surrounded by idiots, definitely. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else would we say? Um, I would think 
big decisions and water down. Right. Yeah. Awesome. There'll be one of the so one of the things I do before this interview will go on is I play a track from the band. Yeah. Now it's going to be one of those three. I'm not sure which yet. I was going to probably do Surrounded by Idiots, but then I thought eh, maybe do one of the others. I wasn't sure, but now I've got those three. I'm going to pick out. Put me in a hat and pick out which one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. Know what's going on. Well, yeah. Steve, thank you very much for speaking to me. Um, also, thank, thank you for for years of good memories of gigs, even for me as a as a punter man. It's been yeah, nice awesome. You. It's been a pleasure, mate. And pleasure. Yeah. It was awesome playing with you once at Star and Garter as well. Oh, did you? All right, well, yeah, we did. Uh, we were called out of Gage. We played. Uh, there was a gig at the Star and Garter. It was us. Um, y- you were headlining. It was us and a band called Built from Scratch. Another called Joe Steakhouse. Another called Rhythmic Coughing. Oh, it was a so large lineup. Breakfast club gigs, I guess, was it? Was it like uh, Chris who had put that on? No, I put it on. Oh, you put it on? Yeah, okay. I put it on. I I actually screwed up because um, I, Ian um, from Hidden Talent sent me uh, the contract through. Um, right. I I was an idiot. I was like a I was like a twenty year old kid at the time. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll sign that. Send it back to him. And then I come down and. Um, someone from your from your crew come up to me I, was, I think you might have had like a guy there helping you out there's like you guys and there was a, a guy maybe he was a merch guy or something like that yeah, yeah. there was a band want to have a chat and they came over and I was just like oh yeah and you're like um someone said oh you, you haven't done a rider and I was like what's a rider because <laughs> <laughs> I was so like utterly clueless to this and then it's so like I, I think I went and I think I bought you guys waters and like gave you money for food or something like that as like as a <laughs> I'm really sorry about this sort of thing and then you guys played, and it was like uh, the, the route. I remember it just being rammed in there, and right. it was a uh, it was a lot of it was was due to you guys. So it was like all right. of us were all local college bands, yeah. And then we put you guys on for the headliner, and it was just a ra- I always remember the, the the room being rammed and it being like a sweat box. And the guy from the Star and Guard was like, "You can't let people in anymore." <laughs> really? like, it was just done, and I was like, no, of- "Every gig was like that." <laughs> yeah, man. It was it, to be fair, dude. It was the best gig that my band ever did, and um, you know, and I, I put it down to the fact that you guys were, you know, willing to luck. come on and not at all, not at all, not at all, man. You guys, you guys were always awesome, and like I said, thank you very much for many years of entertainment, all some great music, great times at gigs, man. Awesome. Amazing. Thanks so much, Joe. It means a lot, mate. It does really mean a lot. Thank you for taking the time today, dude, and uh, hope everyone in your family is doing well and you can yeah, have back man. to normal. Yeah, and you. Yeah, uh, nice one. Appreciate Thanks so it, dude. Much. Take care. And that was Steve from Vanilla Bud. Um, a really fun chat uh, with someone whose band has really had an influence on me. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast as well. Uh, thanks a lot for listening to this episode. Please follow the podcast. It's at Podpunk uh, at Podpunk Podcast <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram at pod underscore punk on twitter you can email us at uh, podpunkpodcast at gmail.com as well if you want um if you like what you hear you can help the podcast uh, grow just by telling a friend uh, leave a rating or a review on apple podcast anything like that it would be a huge help uh, thanks again and we'll see you next time bye